So C2E2 was a couple weeks ago, or by the time you're listening to this, like a couple years ago. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my question for you guys tonight, what was your favorite cosplay that you saw at C2E2? Um, I'm going to start, and I literally cannot choose between these two. Um, there was one person who is maybe one of our biggest fans. And if you're listening tonight, um, I applaud you, sir. He was dressed up as Colonel Sanders and in his KFC bucket, he had a baby Yoda. Like, yes. Like if that is not like our show in a nutshell, I don't know what is, (laughs) but equally as good. Um, you all know the C2E2 letters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. The big yeah. red C2E2 letters. <laughs> there was a woman who cosplayed as the C2E2 letters, and it was Chef's Kiss. Um, she kind of had like a headwear of like almost like a Vegas showgirl or whatever, but then like she had like the C2E2 letters on each side of her shoulders. It was amazing, and I am so jealous that I didn't ever think of that cosplay. Um, Lydia, what about you? I saw a really cool Iron Man, but it wasn't just like normal Iron Man. It was like Iron Man after the fight in Endgame when he's like all beaten up and has like half of Cap's shield stuck in his chest. Oh, God. And it was freaking awesome. Like, I don't know how long that costume took this person, but props to you, dude. So I love the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows. It's fantastic. And I think last year I saw someone cosplaying as Nadia and Laszlo. And I was like, oh, that's incredible. And I forgot to take a picture of it. And then this year I saw someone and I like my jaw dropped open because it was so good. They were even like the right height difference. It was just it was incredible. So that's definitely got to be my favorite. And Matt. I saw a lot of really good ones. It's really hard to pick. Um, I think I have to go with one of the last ones I saw on Sunday was Dark Helmet. This guy was dressed just as Dark Helmet from Spaceballs to the point where when he flipped up the face mask on his helmet, he was wearing the round Rick Moranis glasses. I caught him while he was drinking a cup of water from the water fountain. And he's like, I walked over and before I could even ask to take a picture, he's like, hold on, let me put down my Mr. Coffee on my Mr. Radar. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. And then I took a picture and he said, thank you. And as he walked away, he did the space ball salute. It was, it was amazing. It was so good. I love nerds. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. Okay, so as I kind of mentioned earlier, C2E2 was... It's kind of hard. I can't really say it was in late March. I can't say it was in early April because it was both. (laughs) It was March 31st through April 2nd. 
uh, we went like we do pretty much every year. Uh, had a great time. Uh, I, I guess I'm speaking for you guys. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was all right, I guess. Um, Company could have been better. <laughs> don't talk about Ella the intern if she's not here. Oh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and definitely don't talk about not Seth unless he's not here. No, I would never. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was a great time. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but like I came home with way less money than what I put there with, but we'll kind of maybe talk about that a little bit. Um, so what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about some of our favorite things about, uh, about C2E2. We're also, you're going to get the chance to listen to all of the interviews that we conducted, uh, over those three days. Um, you can also see the individual interviews, um, up on YouTube. Uh, sorry, I got a message on my tablet and it kind of threw me off. It was talking about Shakespeare. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so all these videos are up on YouTube. Um, so if you don't want to listen to us talk but you just want to hear us talk to kind of famous people then check out our youtube page um, it's a shameful plug if you'd rather watch us than listen to us there we go you can watch our youtube video <laughs> <laughs> let me just fix what mitch said real quick that's why i keep you around Thanks. <laughs> um i also keep you around because uh i am doing this first interview right out of the gate and it's all thanks to you tabitha um i got to interview scotty young yes that's scotty young um a few weeks before c2e2 we were kind of talking about you know talking about it seemed like who we would maybe want to approach and you know it's kind of like my rule like i'm never really gonna try for anyone big big because I know who I am, <laughs> um, but Tabitha was like, "Hey, why don't you shoot your shot and you know try with Scotty Young?" That sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was but, not what I implied. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I did. I reached out to his manager, and she was like, "Well, we don't. We're not gonna set anything else up, but." Stop by our booth, you know, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning. We'll see if we can do something. So Friday late-ish afternoon, stop by. Um, I talked to I talked to his manager, and she was like, "Okay, you know, like how how long is this going to be?" I'm like, five minutes, ten minutes, absolute tops. And she was like, "Okay, cool. Well, if you can make it under five minutes, we'll see you Sunday morning." I was like, "Bet." It's not actually what I said to her. But that's what I meant. Um, so anyway, Sunday morning comes. Um, he had already had like a super long line for people to you know sign uh, to people to get stuff signed. He was already signing like a bunch of stuff. I'm assuming for a retailer or whatever. But they were gracious enough to still let us sneak in for a couple minutes. It was phenomenal. Um, even if you're just listening to the podcast and you don't watch the video, you, I'm sure you can still hear me fanboying, but see if you can hear me fanboying. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Mitch here with the Geek Awakens. I am talking with the one and only Scotty Young. Scotty, how's your con going? Oh, it's going great, buddy. How about you? Oh, 
it's going fantastic. And this is the icing on the cake, I swear. <laughs> um, you've been a mainstay at C2E2 for years now. What keeps you coming back to this con in particular? Uh, I don't know. There's something about there finally being a, a show in Chicago, in the city. I lived here all through my 20s, and the, the conventions that we had were all out in the suburbs. Um, funny enough, as soon as I moved away from Chicago, they finally got a Chicago con in the city. So, I don't know. The, I love Chicago's one of my favorite cities. Uh, I think the people here are great. The energy's great. The food's great. So, uh, I can't turn down coming back to C2E2. Love it. Uh, you recently started a follow-up to the popular I Hate Fairyland. What's changed about Gertrude, and what made you want to revisit the story? Well, I always knew that I'd come back. I just needed to take a little bit of a break. Uh, it ended up being a way longer break than I thought it would be. But um, it's just fun. That book is really a book that I can do in anything I want. I can play with any genre. Um, there's no rules. It's a fairy tale world, so anything's possible. Uh, so it was hard to stay away. So in addition to your creator-owned work, you've also done some licensed work. Uh, what are some differences between the two, and do you have a preference? Between creator-owned and like working for Marvel? Yeah. Oh, I mean, a creator-owned is always going to be um, close to my heart because it is, uh, it's exactly what I want. You know, there's no barriers. I think it, I make it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. So, uh, but there's also a ton of fun at Marvel. I get to play with toys that are everybody's favorite toys. You know, you get to play with Spider-Man. You get to play with the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's all these fun things. So, um, I, don't, I won't say one's better or, better or, or I like more. It's just... One's more free. So I love I loved doing creator-owned, but I'll always do both. I will ever pick a lane. Well, Scotty, you your line is already getting long. You're signing stuff. I don't want to keep you too long. But real quick, how can people find you online? Oh, scottyyoung.com. Just uh, in all the social medias, Scotty Young, at whatever that, those things are. But, yeah, come on to scottyyoung.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Um, and keep up to date with where I'll be, where I'm at, what we're selling, what we got available, and all that kind of good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking a couple minutes. Enjoy the rest of your con. So, Matt, you did something kind of cool. It was actually something that Tabitha did a few years ago. Um, you got to participate in a book club. Um, but then after that, you actually got to interview Ashley Winstead, who was the author of the book. So before we get to that interview, tell us a little bit about your book club experience. Um, so the book club was for her upcoming thriller, Midnight is the Darkest Hour. Submitted an application a couple weeks prior to C2E2. Um, I got, some people got physical copies, um, ARCs. I got an ebook ARC of the, um, of the release. Uh, read through it, and then we were all invited to the book club um, on Saturday morning. Um, when Tabitha did it, it was very much a roundtable discussion. Um, this book club was more of a introduction to Ashley Winstead and her and her editor, um, going over and discussing different points of the book. Um, it was pretty entertaining because she did apologize, uh, left and right multiple times, um, because she spoiled the book over and over during this little panel. Um, which there were people in the panel that had not read the book, so sorry for them. Um, but it was really cool to kind of see her thought process and how the ideas of the book developed um, and all of those things. Um, we did actually get um, a fun little tidbit, too. Um, we got her original ending, uh, which she submitted to her agent and her agent rejected. And then she had to rewrite, uh, which is the published ending. Uh, so that was uh, that was kind of a fun 
you know, behind the scenes, I guess, that you don't uh, often get when uh, with with books and authors like that. So I'm Matt with the Geek Awakens. I'm here with author Ashley Winstead. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come meet with us and talk with us for a few minutes. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I was able to get an early copy of the book, get be able to read that for the book club. Love that. That was a great opportunity. Thank so you. thanks for everybody at Source Books being willing to do that and hand that out. That was fun. Thank you for reading. Yeah, absolutely enjoyed it. Um, so I guess we'll jump right into the questions. Um, doing a little bit of research. Yeah. Um, you have a PhD in contemporary American literature. <laughs> so what about that course of study led you to be a novelist? <laughs> um, yes. Um, reading a lot of dry books. Um for six years, um, and then at the end of that, writing a, basically a novel-length, book-length dissertation, um, I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, Ashley, you have, you have just finished your dissertation, you taught yourself how to work hard on writing, what if you, like, breaking thoughts, actually use actually that work, that. Yeah, work <laughs> ethic to write something that you really want to write, yeah. that was like an expression of yourself, um, so that is what led to that. Okay. Um, but I will say, and this for anyone listening who's in grad programs and feels like ashamed about their genre, fiction, interests, there's a culture of snobbery within academia. You know, you're, you're reading a lot of lit fiction. And I think, like, just want to say, release yourself, you know, from <laughs> any of those, like, those feelings of, like, shame or guilt. Um, because once I did, yeah, the... All the books flowed out. <laughs> Genre fiction is not a bad thing. It's not. Yeah. Those aren't dirty words. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so by the time Midnight is the Darkest Hour, which is the one we read for the book club, yeah. um, arrives in October, you have published six books in three years? Something like that. Yeah. Um, that is an absolutely <laughs> incredible pace. Uh, how did you manage that? I know in a yeah. lot of cases, some writers have had things on the back burner that, yeah. you know, once you get into the world of publishing... They're like, hey, what else do you have? So yeah. how did you how did you get here? So that's strangely not even my story. Everything <laughs> everything that I have published, I've written um, in these oh, wow. three years. Yeah. Um, so the very short version is that I always wanted to be a writer. Okay. Um, and at the tender-hearted age of 22, was rejected from about a dozen MFA programs took that rejection very seriously, didn't write again for 10 years. Oh, wow. So I just uh, did what every writer is not supposed to do, <laughs> which is take rejection really, really hard. Um, and so by the time I convinced myself after the PhD program to try this again, it was like I had unleashed myself. <laughs> and, you know, once I told myself, like, no one's going to read it, it'll just be for you, I kid you not, the books just can't stop. They flow. They flow. And the minute I am done with one, I'm chomping at the bit. Everyone's like, rest, rest, self-care. And I'm it. like, no, yeah. This, this is self-care. This is self-care. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's spot on. Um, so a couple of writing questions because yeah. I also am a writer. Um, so plotter or pantser? Oh, plotter to, <laughs> like, the most meticulous, obnoxious plotter oh. you can imagine. 42-page outlines. Wow. Um, my poor <laughs> editors. Like, I literally have gotten feedback, like, you know you could write less in the outline, and I would be fine with that. Um, so, yeah, really, really 
What about you? Um, I am a pantser. Okay. I have a general outline, and then it kind of goes from there. Oh, so. that's like... magic in my in my perspective (laughs) um so kind of a piggyback off of that um obviously then you do your endings before you start yep okay um so and you also mentioned that endings in our panel that that, um endings have to be earned by the character so that's been it's been a hot topic lately in the literary community too yeah um so you know how do you do you know the endings first and then do you back out as far as the reasoning for the characters to get there yeah so um, what I do, and I love talking about this because I just nerd <laughs> out about this all day. So thank you for this question. So what I do is I do deep. The first thing I do with all my books is I, I figure out who my characters are, like what their misbeliefs are, what it, what it is they want deeply, but don't feel like they can have, you know, the things that'll terrify them the most. And then that's how I figure out my plot because right. everything that's going to terrify them I'm going to throw at them, you know, and so on. The thing they want most is going to appear in front of them. So I figure out my characters, and that usually leads me to knowing how this journey is going to end for them based on who they are, what they need, what they want, and what they deserve. So it's like all stems from the characters, but like I was telling you in, in our discussion for Midnight, I did have an ending for this book that changed... <laughs> Um, so sometimes the endings change with publishing professionals telling me I'm not allowed to do things. Um, but yeah, it's that, that sense, you know, as a writer, when you come up with an idea and it clicks, there's that intuition that you have. They're like, this is it. This is where it fits. Yeah. Awesome. Two, two more last questions. Yeah. Um, so writers always have multiple projects going on at once. It's just how we are. Too many tabs open in our brains. (laughs) Um, midnight isn't open, isn't until October. Uh Uh-huh. But is there anything new and exciting that you can tease Yes, that's coming? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, writers are always, like, living three different timelines <laughs> at once. There's, like, the book that you're writing that no one knows about, you know, that's, like, for the future. There's the book that's coming up, and there's the books that are, like, out. So I have a romance coming out in May, okay. on May 9th, The Boyfriend Candidate. Midnight, my thriller, is coming out in October, and I'm writing both a uh, secret project okay. that I can't announce I like can't <laughs> announce but also my next thriller oh, right now for right. source books so um, yeah like four different timelines all at once so, so yeah fun. So yes um, well then one last question let our listeners know where they can find you and follow you on social media yes so I am on Instagram way too much <laughs> so you can find me there I will literally if you DM me um, I will enjoy like messaging with you so at, at Ashley Winstead books on Instagram ashleywinstead.com has all my, my website with all my socials and then um, I am like increasingly not on Twitter but technically <laughs> at Ashley yeah. Winstead there yeah well, thank you so much for taking time to thank talk to you, us. Matt. I know you said this is your first con, so go enjoy. Take a little bit of time on the floor for sure. I am so excited. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. So one of the things that, if, if I'm going to knock C2E2 on anything, and it's kind of silly because, yes, there is some on the con floor, but you have to go upstairs, and I'm not about that life sometimes is the lack of coffee on the show floor. I swear to God, if you were going to bring up the red carpet again. Maybe. (laughs) I don't mind the lack of red carpet, unlike some people. But anyway. um, But yeah, so there was one year 
a couple years ago where they did have coffee on the con mm. floor and it was glorious. Um, but you have to essentially either go outside and then have to go through security and all that kind of stuff, which to their benefit, security is much better this year. Mm-hmm. And I think it was last year as well, but um, much faster. Uh, or, you know, in their kind of like upstairs food court area there is coffee there but if there was coffee on the con floor i would be i i don't think that i would leave that line no i would get coffee get at the end of the line by the time i get to the front of the line it's time for more coffee they would make a gold mine <laughs> that's not really the phrase but you know what i mean um <laughs> there was <laughs> there was kind of coffee on the clown floor this year uh there was but you couldn't drink it right then um (laughs) tabitha tell us a little bit about merlin's munchies before we get to that interview so i was scoping through the list of uh vendors and uh exhibitors that were going to be at c2e2 and i saw merlin's munchies and i saw their graphic first and was like well that's cool and my merlin's munchies i kind of assumed it was going to be snacks and i'm a fat kid so i was like "Ooh, snacks so i clicked on it and turned out to be coffee there's anything i like more than food it's coffee so i reached out uh via instagram to merlin's munchies and marnie uh one of the owners responded back very graciously saying that they would love to meet up and have a little chat with us about the coffee it actually turns out that the coffee is not just coffee the coffee comes with the story um they have as a company have built this like lore around Merlin and his munchies and his coffee um, and how he created it and what it's doing here and how it got to be in our timeline. It's just, it's this incredible quirky storyline that goes with coffee. And I feel like if there's anything I like almost as much as I like coffee, it's like really good marketing. And that's just like incredibly cool. Uh, I haven't tried the coffee yet. Have I? Have I yeah, tried the coffee did yet? The, uh, Irish cream, which oh. is so good. Just kidding. Weekends are kind of a whirlwind for me, and Matt usually makes my coffee, so I don't usually know what I'm drinking. I'm just drinking it. Um, <laughs> this is how he poisons me. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, the coffee that, now that he said that, I do remember that, and it was delicious. Uh, the packaging is great. We picked up some gifts for people. All around great time. Love chatting with Marnie. I am Tabitha with the Geek Awakens podcast, and I'm here with Marnie from Merlin's Munchies. Hi! Thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy con. Of course! I'm so excited about this. So you launched less than a year ago. You got it. Okay. So how has this been so far? It's been incredible. Um, We launched less than a year ago, but prior to, we spent about a year working on all the labels, working on all the logistics of everything, perfecting the coffee, and we had a really good time. But it's been so exciting just like being able to just share it with the world. So it's been awesome. So there's a tale behind your coffee. Do you want to give it. a little share of that? Sure. So Merlin is the time traveling wizard of the multiverse. Okay. And for the last two billion years, he's been retired and he's been perfecting his coffee roasting. But prior to, he has a huge backstory. And so he is an immortal being and he travels the, the multiverse and the, um, we have an audiobook called The Legend of the Orb, which goes into great depth about his backstory. I am excited. I see that you get a copy of the audiobook with your purchase. You got it. That's yes. so exciting. Absolutely. So and you can do it too online. It's free orb if you go to our website. Oh, fantastic. Um, so 
You got any new secret flavors coming up or? Well, we have a couple in the works. Okay. We have about five that we're working on the art and, and getting the flavors the way we want it to be. But yes, we will have some new ones in the future. Excellent. But right now we have over 30 different flavors. Wow. And then we also have non-flavors too. Okay. Yeah. So nerds love coffee, right? Yes. We love coffee. Gamers love coffee. Nerds love coffee. You got it. Where can we find you so we can buy coffee? So we are MerlinsMunchiesCoffee.com. Wonderful. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? Um... I don't know. Not <laughs> Just thank you so much for this Absolutely. opportunity. It's great chatting with you guys. And um, honestly, try our coffee. It's quite delicious. Perfect. Have a wonderful rest of your con. We'll let you get back to all these customers. Thank you, You're welcome. Appreciate it. Next up, um, I'm not for sure if you guys did this, but Lydia and I, we, we did this on Sunday. Um, the We're calling it the mystery wall. I'm not for sure if there was an official name for it. There was another working title that we were going out <laughs> I will not be sharing that with you. Um, Slightly inappropriate. Yeah. You can figure it out. You did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Lydia, kind of give us the rundown a little bit. What what you have to do? So this year, um, the, the C2E2 March booth was in a different location than it normally is. I don't know where it was last year when you guys were there because usually the it's right up front. front. Yeah. yeah. And this year it was like right dead center of the con floor. Um, and the whole backside is just this, like the solid uh, C2E2 uh, logo and everything. And then there was other vendors around it. Well, on the backside of this booth, there was... A little hole with a little red curtain in it. And it just says, like, mystery. I I don't remember what it said now. But basically, you went around to the front of the merch booth. You purchased a ticket, they called it. It was basically a sticker, though. Yeah, basically. Which, whatever. Um, But it could be, I think, $5, $10, or $20. And then you took your little sticker ticket thing back around to the other side. Put it through... The little red curtain, and you got some mystery C2E2 merch. So, I was intrigued, so I had to go do that. I did the $10 one. I got two coffee mugs, I got a t-shirt, I got a lanyard, and I got a little pennant. Like, totally worth the 10 bucks. And I hope that they do this every year, because, like... <laughs> I, I guarantee it's the, all the merch that's left over from the previous mm-hmm. years, but I am totally down for it. Um, I, yeah, we, we all did this. Um, I did the $20 one. Um, and yeah, both of the mugs that you got, like I already own and I probably paid 10 bucks a piece for them. (laughs) So, I mean, that just kind of shows you like how good of a deal these are. So I got, uh, I got two t-shirts, uh, one of which I'm wearing right now. Uh, I got the lanyard, the pennant, um, which is at my desk at work, I haven't decided where I'm going to put it at work, but <laughs> that is what it is. Um, what else? I got this glass. I feel like there's another thing. I don't remember what it was. But yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally worth it. Um, not only for you know the amount of stuff that you get, but just also for the experience. Um, what did you guys get? So we did the <laughs> we did the ten dollar. Uh, sticker, it's the ticket. mystery merch portal, by the way. Thank oh. you. <laughs> That's much better than what we were going yep. with. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you guys, I got the lanyard and the pennant, which love that. 
Um, and then I got a Dungeons and Dragons C2E2 t-shirt, which is funny because not, I don't know, a half an hour before that, I was looking at the same t-shirt without the C2E2 logo at another booth. Nice. <laughs> so glad I didn't buy that ahead of time. Kismet. <laughs> right. Um, and then I got the uh, ugly Christmas sweater that had the hot dog and the pizza on it, which I'm not going to lie. I think that was two years ago because it was like yeah. the holiday one mm-hmm. where... I really kind of wanted that ugly Christmas sweater, but I wasn't going to pay 40 bucks for it. I got it for 10 along with a t-shirt, a lanyard, and a, and a pennant. So, uh, What I, I I did not enjoy about this, and it may be my only gripe about it, is we paid 10 bucks, and that's exactly what we got. Not Seth paid 20 bucks and got exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I feel like either he got not all of his stuff or like we got extra too many things. Yeah. Say so we also all did it on Sunday, fairly mm. close to like the end of the convention, so it may have just been at that point they were just like True. just grab stuff, just get rid of it. Yeah. Get it out, we don't want it anymore. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not gonna disagree though that it's a great way to make some of that money back for old merch. Yeah. Why not? It's genius. I'm trying my best to segue like some of these other topics into some of our interviews. <laughs> Uh, some of them aren't going to go super well like this. Um, <laughs> I'm not you're not going to have a good segue? I know, right? Um, so, <laughs> wait. That's rude. <laughs> so, my next interview uh, is one that I did with uh, Joey Esposito and Sean Von Gorman. Um, they are the creative team behind this uh, upcoming comic called The Pedestrian. They've also done a few other comics together. Um, this was really fun. I guess if I am going to kind of connect the two, it was kind of a mystery at first because, like, I was prepared <laughs> for Sean. And he did mention, like, because I had talked to him a little bit before the interview, and he had mentioned uh, me talking with Joey as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And I kind of thought that that meant, like, you know, he might be up for his own interview. <laughs> but then I get up there and they're both there and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So, like, I feel super bad because one of the things that we always ask is, uh, you know, how can people find you online? You know, whatever. Um, because I was throwing that little bit of curveball, I forgot to ask him that question. So, in the show notes, uh, I'm going to have the links to Sean's uh, socials and Joey's. Um, so, just... Be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, Mitch here with The Geek Awakens. I am talking with uh, comic book writer Joey Esposito and then artist Sean Von Gorman of comics. Guys, how's your com- uh, con going so far? Uh, fantastic. Where are we today? <laughs> Chicago. Okay. Yeah, what I love about conventions is it's the same party in a different town and you don't realize where you are until you find out what kind of food they have. <laughs> What's outside? Pizza and hot dogs? Oh, Chicago. <laughs> Love it. So you're both here. Um, you've got an um, issue of The Pedestrian, which I was looking you know, looking stuff up for questions last night and came across The Pedestrian. I'm like, I am here for this. So tell me a little bit about it. Sean? The Pedestrian is about a street-level vigilante who never breaks the law to fight crime. Uh, on the surface, it's a slice of life. Uh, story very quirky through like a superhero lens but beneath the surface there is an ancient war brewing linked to the secret history of street signs 
Um, it's, it's very much inspired by an earlier book uh, Joey and I wrote called Pawn Shop, which was the indie darling of 2012, um, where it was sort of, um, you know, a story from different perspectives. Uh, a, a day in the life of New York from four different perspectives. So one city, one story. We kind of expanded on that type of storytelling a little bit. Uh, we sort of break up into small vignettes in this small town where strange things are starting to happen. And there, this, there's this weird, quirky guy kind of walking around the town. Like, what's, what's he up to? And then we realize these stories start connecting with each other and leads into, like, a very... Uh, eventually will lead to, like, an, uh, an epic cosmic metaphysical super battle uh, beyond anything we can truly comprehend. I wanted to do, like... The Stand meets Twin Peaks meets Slice of Life storytelling. So nice. hopefully that comes across. Yeah, and yeah, and I, I flipped through it. I, I bought I bought it earlier, flipped through it. Leaves you on a huge cliffhanger. So like I demand more of the story right now. We have more in the can. Um, we are in in contract talks with, with a with a significant publisher. Um, we've been very careful about who we've been wanting to partner. Uh, with this, because uh, Joey and I push our stuff very hard. Um, there are times I've set myself on fire in front of comic shops. I've broken out of straight jackets at shows. Because he does all that crazy shit. So you don't have to. I just Joey sends really look handsome, I guess. Joey sends really persuasive emails. Oh yeah, I, co- I do a lot of copy editing, I feel like, on your emails. Read receipts. That's helpful. You light yourself on fire, I'll fix your typos. Oh, they read it. So uh, one of the other things I want to talk about um, is actually it's one of the things that you're doing this year. It's uh, for like the iHeart Indie Comics pin giveaway. Um, I got these earlier. They're awesome. So if you're here, do it. Do it. But um, some <laughs> But how does someone get a hold of these pins? So uh, I'm here with, with with Liana, Kat, and Phil. We're all creators on Zest World. Uh, Pawn Shop is now on Zest World. So we, we re-released the book digitally on Zestworld to celebrate the... Joey, would you believe it's been 10 years since we ran that Kickstarter? Sometimes I can believe it, and sometimes I can't believe it, but my knees believe it. Neither of us had a beard then? That is true. Yeah. My, my children were much smaller. <laughs> now one's in high school. Past the decade part. It's still relevant, still good. So it's... It's free to read on Zest World right now. If you're at the show, you can come down. We all have barcodes where you can scan, and we have a buildable pin um, in four pieces that spells out I Heart uh, Indie Comics, which, you know, if you do, this is the pin for you. Awesome. Well, Sean, Joey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Enjoy the rest of your con. Thank you. Um, where are them hot dogs at? <laughs> I think I saw some that way. No, 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 no. Not here. No, outside. We're not the right people to ask. We're not actually from Chicago, but one of ours is a Chicago native, so. Okay, that's where I'm going next. Thank you. (laughs) One of the biggest things about C2E2 are the panels. Um, Whether it's a QA and a with Chris Evans, or if it's just... um, you know, a, another podcast talking about their, you know, talking about what they do or, you know, just like I, they have, you know, like f- fan, like 
I don't want to say tributes, but they did have a tribute this year for Kevin Conroy and Jason David Frank. But even just like, you know, uh, a panel celebrating a fandom, I guess. Um, there's really, there is something for everybody there. So what were some of your favorite panels? Um, Tabitha. Because you, you like jumped up and I was like, oh, you've got one. No, I started paying attention. Um, <laughs> um, I went to two panels this year. Y'all see 2E2 once we get home just kind of becomes a giant blur for me. And it's all like one big massive mm-hmm. day where everything just kind of starts and then ends with me sleeping. Like, And I don't really remember what happened in the middle. Um, the Buffy panel was absolutely huge for me. Uh, there was a lot of Buffy at this C2E2, which was wonderful. Um, James Marsters, uh, <laughs> the guy who played Riley, whose name I can never remember. I'm a bad no, Buffy uh, fan. Sure. Charlie something. I don't know. Uh, Charisma Carpenter, who played Cordelia, which was one of my absolute f- favorite characters from Buffy and Angel. And then, of course, David Boreanaz. Uh, if you would have told uh, Teenage Tabitha she was going to be in the room with even one of those people, she probably would have had a small heart attack. Um, if you had told her she was going to be in a the room... A tiny r- heart attack? Yeah, a tiny Tabitha heart attack. Um, if you had told her she was going to be in the same room with uh, James Marsters and uh, David Boreanaz at the same time, I literally would have fainted. So... It was incredible. It was funny. They were engaging. It's so crazy to see people who you have embedded in your head as characters uh, be real people and be themselves. And they are so different from their characters that it's just not even funny. And it was just absolutely incredible. How how early did you get in line for that panel? Uh, Maybe about an hour. Yeah, about an hour. <laughs> about it's an hour early. Yeah. It was... It was packed. It was it packed. Was full. That line was intense. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, I got out of, so right before the Buffy panel, um, there was a panel with uh, Johnny Young Bosch, uh, Power Rangers actor. He's done a lot of uh, anime voiceover work uh, in years past. Um, but it was on the same floor as the main level. And I got out of that and walking down, like it was like the line for Buffy did not stop. Like, I am sh- sure there were hundreds of people who didn't get in there. And really sucks to be them. Um, <laughs> Johnny's vampire pa- joke. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> it was better when it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Johnny's panel was really good. Um, there were a couple of... It, it was about half of an interview just like with the... You know, with the moderator. Moderator, thank you. And then half Q and A, and of course there were a couple of questions about the 30th anniversary special that's coming up, um, and the way that people were asking questions. Like there was one person who had asked if he was satisfied with how you know Adam's story, you know, like kind of tied up or whatever, and he was just kind of like, "I think you're going to be really happy." with the anniversary special (laughs) and like just and then there was somebody else who had asked they said something about how like well you know like i've heard rumors that you know the uh they haven't like taken down the sets from the anniversary special and blah 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 and he was like i can't say anything but you're gonna be really happy with the anniversary (laughs) special i'm like okay cool 
Very cool. I'm very excited. Um, and then the other panel that I went to um, was the Massive Verse panel from Image Comics. Uh, Massive Verse is Radiant Black, or really all the Radiant comic books. Uh, Rogue Sun, I, uh, complete others that I'm blanking on right now. Um, and it was like kind of the same thing. There are people who'd be asking like, hey, you know, like, is there any talk of uh, TV series? <laughs> and Kyle Higgins, who is the creator, and he was also the moderator on this panel, he was just like, that'd be really cool wouldn't it (laughs) um so yeah so like both those panels was like oh man i'm really excited um so speaking of panels um matt you didn't get to go to this panel um Mm. because you were in your book club i did but the next interview that we're going to talk about um is uh the group from popcorn psychology uh tell us about how that came to be and kind of introduce that um so uh, Popcorn Psychology is a podcast that takes a look at um, pop movies, uh, pop culture movies. Um, but the three people on the podcast are all therapists by trade. So they look at those films and kind of break down the movie into some of the themes um, that a therapist would look at. So you know, family structure, um, you know, villains, um, anxiety, all those different, uh, all those different topics. They break down the movie into those different, um, situations. So, um, Ben, who is one of the three, uh, hosts of the podcast, um, I actually knew in high school. So when I found out they got a panel, um, I reached out to him to see if they'd be willing to sit down and do an interview with us. And they were more than happy to take a few minutes out of their Saturday right after their panel um, to kind of talk to us about what they do, how they do it, and why they do it. So, I'm Matt, and I'm actually here with another podcast, uh, Popcorn Psychology. How are you guys doing today? We're great. Um, so we'll jump right into the questions. Um, we'll try and keep it simple, not tax anybody too much. Um so you guys basically take movies and use your therapy backgrounds to dissect. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so how did the idea for this podcast come about? Okay. I'll let, we'll let Ben take it. Oh, okay. I guess I'll take that one. <laughs> so we would sit around in the office talking about movies after we got done seeing our clients in private practice and then... There was one time where we sat around and talked about The Last Jedi and how, wow, that was actually a really great portrayal of trauma. Maybe the movie had some things that weren't great, but also it was an excellent portrayal of trauma and also of grooming. And then I went home, everybody went home, and as I was taking a shower before bed, I literally like reached my hand out of the sliding door and grabbed my phone and texted them, like trying not to get my phone wet, going like, <laughs> This should be a podcast. And they immediately just texted back, heard my sink vibrating. Because, of course, you put the phone in there so it doesn't <laughs> fall in anywhere. And just, yes! And then it was born. And Hannah, like, showed some leadership skills and, like, got a notebook out. We sat down at a Chipotle. <laughs> and Hannah's like, so what do we want to do? How do we want to structure the show? Or structure the show? And then we just, boom, rolled with it. And like most podcasts, our first episode got scrapped. <laughs> I mean, we've rebooted 
four times. I don't know, multiple times. So <laughs> I get that. I get that. Um, so you guys actually got the privilege to be panelists this year at C2E2. Yes. yes. And you just got done with your panel not that long ago. Give everybody a little bit of rundown that wasn't able to be here, what you guys talked about in the panel. So it was, we got the opportunity, which we haven't been able to at other panels we've done, which is kind of give a general sort of overview of like what we do and be able to really introduce ourselves to new listeners. So what was cool is like most people in the audience, it was full, but most of them had never heard of us before. So basically we were able to touch upon sort of like our big three, which is Star Wars, DC, and Marvel in terms of like big hitters. So we were able to talk about Luke Skywalker from The Last Jedi and how we thought he was such a good portrayal of trauma and how it kind of inspired us throughout this podcast period we also talk about our boy bruce wayne and how he also is like "Ooh, is the batman really like a good healthy idea (laughs) (laughs) or is this a little kid who's grown up and has is still stuck where he was when his parents died so it was it was very exciting to do it because like you said it's our first year cracking C2E2 we've applied before but weren't able to really get in but it was nice to be able to just have a brief overview of like this is how movies can be taken more seriously and they can actually be used in a clinical way to not just like get our clients more invested but also to just be inspiring like what why do we attract it to this character what can it tell us about ourselves and also that. For some reason, people can have more empathy for, like, a fictional character if they feel touched to, like, attached to. And so then it's like, well, if you can find empathy for Bucky Barnes, why can't you find empathy for yourself or for your brother who's gone through similar situations? Um, so do uh, you said Star Wars, DC, Marvel. Yeah. Um, I know from following you guys on social media that you've done other movies. You've done rom-coms, things like that. Do you have a favorite genre? To analyze. Oh, wow. That's a great question. I feel like one of the genres that we really like to talk about is horror. Okay. Horror does a really good job of talking about, has some of the most accurate portrayals of mental health um, that we've seen. And so, yeah, I feel like, that's what I feel like. I feel like when we talk about horror, I feel like that's the genre that I really enjoy discussing because it usually has so many different elements to it. Horror is one of... Yeah, horror is one of the few genres that I think, because of maybe it's, like, B-movie status in a lot of ways, <laughs> is given more liberty to, like, play around okay. and to talk about things through. And so horror has, in my like, surprisingly deep themes to it, I think, mo- more often than not, to be honest. Also, I think I like, well, tentatively, <laughs> when we talk about a rom-com, that's usually fun because they're usually very messy. <laughs> and I don't think we realize when you're actually, like, really take a closer look at a rom-com mm. Oof, it's hard so like we did uh, sleeping and sleepless in seattle mm-hmm. i can never i don't think i can ever watch it again because <laughs> she never meets him and she just fully like stalks him and then he's like you're cute because you're meg ryan and that's like literally it <laughs> like after, you, to, after like, you really think about it closer, you're like oh no so you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you guys put out episodes regularly do you have anything that you can tease as far as movies that you're going to be talking about soon? So the next episode coming out is going to be Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> Our cameraman really enjoys that idea. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes people are wrong. <laughs> I'm, but yeah, yeah, that's that's coming out next. After that will be Terminator 2, oh. which is one of Britney's favorites. We'll also be... 
doing Mask of the Phantasm and Inception, and I can't even remember the whole list, but Up? Okay. We got some heavy hitters coming. Yeah. Wow. All right. Full list, full list. We're going to do a Seinfeld episode this year for our holiday, okay. uh, one of our holiday movies. We're going to be able to talk about the Costanzas <laughs> and Festivus. Oh, <laughs> be extra long episode. That's fine. That's fine. That's the way it goes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then one last thing. Um, tell our listeners um, where they can find you and follow you guys on social media and obviously the podcast. Sure. So you can find us at any major like podcast place that you would get it from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio. We're found pretty much everywhere you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Popcorn Psychology. You can also find us on Twitter at popcorn underscore psych. And you can always email us at popcornpsychology@gmail.com. If you want to have like if you have in-depth questions for us or want a movie for us to talk about, that's usually the best way to get to us to really stick. Okay. Other things can kind of get lost in the sauce, but that's the best way to get to us. So yeah, you can find us pretty much everywhere. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking time to talk to us. Uh, glad you guys cracked the uh, the ceiling and were able to get a panel this year. Yeah. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your con. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Thank you. So last year, Tabitha, you did you created like this bingo card. We didn't do the bingo card this year, but you did something else uh, to help, I guess, promote our tiki talkie. Um, you got to quit calling it a ticky talkie, Grandpa. <laughs> I doubt I will. I know. <laughs> so, what did you subject us all to all weekend? Uh, putting a camera in your face and being obnoxious. Um, so, I came up with like a list of get to know you questions, essentially. Um, some of them were. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> some of them were like nerd focused or pop culture focused. And some of them were just like a little personal tidbit about us. Um, we are, and by we, I mean, I am in the process of putting all of those together. So you guys can get to know us, uh, on a little bit of a more personal level. Uh, I am sorry. I stuck cameras in everyone's faces sometimes before any coffee had been consumed. Uh, so I apologize (laughs) for that, but, uh, stay tuned to our social medias to find out things like who Mitch's, uh, childhood celebrity crush was and to find out what Lydia's most prized possession is and who uh, our favorite superheroes are. Um, they were, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I got some answers out of you guys that I didn't expect. And then I kind of forgot to like prepare my own answers in the process of getting all this ready because, you know, <clears throat> behind the camera. And I, I was more put on spot, I think, than you guys were because I forgot to come up with my own answers. So that's fine. <laughs> Me and Mitch were like, okay, your turn. Give me your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly I was on the spot. Uh, but yeah, no. Had a lot of fun. I think we'll do it again next year. I've already kind of started coming up with some questions. And I think we may not wait till C2E2. We might start doing some of these uh, on a semi-regular basis. But they will be surprise questions. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't yell at me and and be very aggressive (laughs) like that one time. Yeah, I feel like one of the TikToks is just going to be Mitch's like grumpy face, like answering your question because he was real upset one morning. Don't start with me. <laughs> Don't start with me because I'm not. You mean that? Yeah, that. Yeah. I wasn't ready. I didn't have the answer yet. Don't start with me. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs>
Um, well, that was uh, 5.04 p.m. We were leaving the con. <laughs> we were all kind of tired, and I did. I just spun around and stuck a camera in your face. And it's not even so much the way you said it. It's the look on your face <laughs> when you said it that is the real, like, harbinger of doom here. <laughs> like, I thought you were going to throw me off that walkway. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so... Um, the next, I'm going to do these interviews back to back. Um, so my next two interviews that I did, um, were from comic book creators, Liana Con- uh, Kangas and Kat Kamalia. Um, both two just like amazing people reached out to them before C2E2. They were super excited to do this. Um, and both have really cool, interesting, um, comic books out there. Hey guys, Mitch here with the Geek Awakens, and I'm here with comic artist Liana Kangas. Liana, how's your con, uh, con going so far? It's going great. It's awesome. going great. Yeah, and it's the first day, so this is a great time. Already meeting you guys uh, first. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, the last issue for your current book, Know Your Station, comes out April 12th. Uh, for anyone who hasn't read this yet, why should they binge the first four issues before then? Wowee. Well, if you wanted anything that's Slightly too close to home and very current when it comes to dealing with billionaires um, and wanting to murder them, you know. It's very much a great series to start with. Um, uh, the series is essentially about a, a, a worker in space that gets put under security detail, and she's like, I don't know why you're putting me under security detail. This seems pretty sus. And then a whole bunch of hijinks ensues, and uh, there's murder mystery, essentially. If you like Glass Onion things like that that recently came out, you're going to love this book. Love it. Love it. I'm here for it. Um, so one book that is coming out this fall, uh, Mariko Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. It's going to be released by, from Mad Cave. Um, just by the cover and like a little bit of a description that I read, like I feel like people are going to be in for an emotional ride. So tell us, tell us about this. Um, if you love to cry, you love being real sad about the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's a, what I would consider a very, um, deep, sad, and very introspective romance breakup. So I think it really digs deep into uh, what adult relationships are like and what it is to have a breakup. And so that's why I was like, are you ready to cry? Because it's very, I mean, it's very touching. It's very character building um, centric. And it has aliens and it's very sci-fi YA looking, but not YA, you know, like, you're losing me on this one only because this is the first press I've done here for this one, so apologies. But Matthew, if you've read any of Matthew Ehrman's work and you know any of Lisa Stroll's work, who uh, co-wrote, uh, I think, the first issue with Matt um, and helped come up with the character designs and everything, if you know either of their work, you know that they were they love working on very deep, um, very emotional stories. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with both of them is because I do as well. Um, usually I work in horror and thriller and sci-fi, so it was cool to mix the sci-fi and sad boy romance together. So That's nice. Um, so you're on Zest World. It's yes. a relatively new web comic platform mm-hmm. um, and just general resource for comic creators. Um, what can fans expect to see on Zest World? I like to describe it as a patronage platform that has the, um, the newsletter subscription things kind of like Substack, but you also have your kind of webtoon type flat platform option with reading comics online 
free comics, sometimes um, pay to read comics. And you can also get commissions, which is primarily what I use mine for, um, for art drops or digital commissions and show commissions specifically. Um, and I think a lot of great creators are joining the platform. Um, you know, I have a couple folks next to me, Sean Von Gorman, Kat and Phil, who do comics on there as well as uh, Sean Von Gorman does like commissions. So it's kind of cool to see like what each creator tailors their profile to be. Um, so you'll find a lot of stuff, honestly, and a lot of great creators, like I said. Speaking of commissions, what are some of your favorite commissions to do? Ooh. Um, Star Wars. Always a good, you know, always a good choice. Though I recently started doing some Marvel ones, so it gives me the opportunity to kind of research and read, like, some stuff and, like, have a little bit of fun with that and, like, play around with, like, what new outfits I can give them or, you know, like, kind of change their outfit looks. I even did a Transformers one recently. Didn't know how much fun I would have with that one. So I'm very, very stoked about it. And honestly, I think the new platform gave me more... Uh, customers to choose like totally different I'm so well known for like Star Wars Star Trek so it's nice to get like totally different properties requested and I like seeing what it's like in my lens I guess so besides Zest World how can people find you online just my website um, social media everything's Liana Kangas um, and I also have a patreon as well as my free Zest World newsletter um, to get updates on these conventions my books coming out and uh, when my art drops happen Awesome. Liana, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Enjoy your con. Hey, guys. Mitch here with the Geek Awakens, and I am here with Kat Calamia. Yes. Uh, I know it's still early, uh, but how's your con going so far? Going really well. We just set up. Uh, we actually already made some sales, which is cool. So, yeah, we're doing really well. Awesome, awesome. So, you've written a lot of things. Um, you're in the middle of the Kickstarter campaign for the finale of your book, Like Father, Like Daughter. Uh, what's this book about? So, it's about a high school girl. Father left her, become a full-time superhero. Everyone in the world loves him except for her, and then she inherits his abilities. Uh, there's a lot of twists and turns. There might be some espionage in there as well. And the finale has a big cliffhanger. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, you've done a lot of different successful Kickstarter campaigns. Um, what are some of the different challenges of doing like a Kickstarter campaign versus being out here at a con, you know, like with the people like right in front of you? I think for a con, you have people that you know are already interested in comics. You could kind of physically see them. They're like, oh, hey, do you like this? And They'll say yes or no, you know? Uh, with a Kickstarter, you got to hunt the whole world to kind of get to your platform and, and to get to your, your campaign. Uh, but, you know, Kickstarter is a great source. Uh, there's some great uh, people on there already just searching for regular comics stuff to back, so you shouldn't have a problem finding people. Uh, yeah, I, I mention this a lot, like, especially, like, during, like, the COVID lockdowns and everything, like, I spent all of my money on Kickstarters. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was just like constantly, oh, hey, I kind of like this. Done. <laughs> well, the direct market was gone for like three months. Exactly. So it was a great place uh, to, I would say, replace that. Uh, yeah. And I, I hope even more people have discovered Kickstarter because of that. For sure, for sure. So you also have a YouTube channel. It's yes. called uh, Comic Uno. Yes. Uh, what can viewers expect from that channel? Honestly, I do comic reviews. I, I try to go over indie books, um, Marvel, DC, talk about my favorite stuff, and... Uh, from an angle of trying to be positive but critical. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, another thing at your booth, uh, you've got a lot of uh, buy visibility mm -hmm. comics. You've even got this buy box, I which do. I'm like, 
I'm very bad about blind boxes. Like I've always like, please, please. But um, we but- have so many mystery boxes too. Because if you're that bad, you'd be like, well, look, we have it everywhere. We have a mystery cover. It's crazy. Love it, love it. So, what sparked the idea for like the your uh, by visibility compilations? So I am by, so that helped. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just felt like there wasn't a lot of content out there for bisexuality. I was like, why not make a whole book? And Kickstarter is known for anthologies. Put it together, and it got $30,000 on Kickstarter and over 1,300 backers. So. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. So, um, Kat, how can people find you online? Comic Uno, best place. So, at Comic Uno on Twitter is where I'm probably most active. Again, the YouTube channel is great. And Kickstarter is under my name. So Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the Thank time you. to talk to us. Enjoy the rest of your con. Appreciate it. Thank you. So... Part of everyone's favorite part of C2E2 is spending money like you have it. Um, (laughs) So what was everyone's favorite um, find or buy that they had? Um, Lydia, I want to start with you because I think I know what it is. (laughs) I mean, I really didn't buy all that much this year. I only bought like my C2E2 merch and then... Like one other thing that's an actual physical thing. And it was a fairly large plushie of Appa from Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender, <laughs> which I then proceeded to carry around the convention floor with me all of Sunday. And apparently, a lot of people are oblivious because everyone's like, Oh my God, where'd you find that? It's like, they've been here all weekend. Where have you guys been? This is mine. <laughs> Go get your own. <laughs> So, but I, honestly, though, it's a toss up because we also spent the money and took a picture on the giant Appa that they had there. So that was fun, too. Did you have your Appa in that picture? Was it Appaception? I did not. I left my Appa on the ground because I, there, there was the big Appa and then there was a Momo. So I, I traded my Appa for the Momo at that point in time. <laughs> Matt, I wish you had bought that on Friday and carried it around all the <laughs> <laughs> By mid Saturday, they'd be like trying to give you a cut of the profits because you've like sent <laughs> so many people to the booth. Like, so, um, I would like my cut now, please. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Um, I think my favorite purchase was uh, was we were looking over the exhibitors before C2E2. We realized that Enso, who does the silicone rings, um, was going to have a booth at the at the floor. Um We'd been talking about getting rings um, in addition to our wedding bands for a while, um, but we just really hadn't figured out which one we wanted to do. Again, right before the show, um, they released some new Star Wars ones, and they released um, a women's band, which has Leia's phrase, I love you, and the male, the, man, the man's band um, says, Hans Lyons says, I know. Um, so we walked up to the booth and it was probably the easiest sale they made all weekend because we just had to pick which color we wanted and gave them the credit card and walked away. But that was probably my favorite purchase of the weekend. Tabitha, was that also your favorite purchase of the weekend? (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) uh, So I kind of have like two. Kind of, sort of. So I, uh, last year at C2E2, had just gotten my new e-reader and I'd just gotten a case for it. So I spent the whole weekend like scavenging for like (laughs) stickers. And this year, conveniently, but not on purpose, I promise, like 
two weeks before C2E2, I cracked my old case and it's still fine, but it is cracked. And so I bought another one. And so this C2E2, I spent the whole time scavenging for more stickers <laughs> for a new case for my e-reader. I'm going to try really hard not to have this problem next year, maybe. Um, <laughs> but I have started... I don't know what's happened to me. I have become a weirdo and I love mushrooms suddenly. I don't know what happened. I woke up one day and I'm obsessed with like little statues and little garden gnomes. And I don't know if I'm embracing my inner Baba Yaga or what's happening, but I'm obsessed with mushrooms. So uh, Matt bought me three crystal mushrooms that are now my little pride and joys. And they sit in my kitchen windowsill because I'm slowly transforming myself into a cottage, which just leave me alone in the woods, I guess, with my mushrooms. (laughs) Um, my probably my favorite purchase um, was just dumb luck. I'm walking- <laughs> you can purchase that. Yes. Um, so I'm walking through Artist Alley, and with Artist Alley, it's one of those things where like I almost have to walk through it like multiple times mm-hmm. because I'm going to miss something. Mm-hmm. So I walked through it one time, and I see like. Something just out of the corner of my eye. And it was like, it's the cover to um, one of the comic books that I really got into last year. Last year, part of this year, whatever. Um, and I was like, hold up. So I turn around and it's the writer to that, for that comic book did not even appreciate that he was going to be there. And so like I went up to his booth, you know, I even told him as such. I was like, man, dude, like I picked up issue one of this, you know, just like cold without knowing anything about it and freaking loved it so i ended up buying two other like series of his um and i've already finished one and it was so good um but yeah like that's just and that's just one of the things that you can find in artist alley it's like things that you didn't even know you needed and hey there it is (laughs) um Speaking of purchases, I want to go back to Tabitha. This was actually the first interview that we did at C2E2. It was like first thing Friday morning before everything went crazy. Um, And also, like, when you hear this interview, you're going to hear, hear it in its entirety. She's going to talk about where she is on the con floor, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense now because you're listening to this afterwards. However, like, she gave us a good bit of advice with the pillars, like, I didn't even necessarily realize that the pillars were like numbered. Like <laughs> I never look at them. I always look at like the aisle numbers. How but long have we been going to this convention? I always look at the aisle numbers, <laughs> Tabitha. Jeez. Anyway, Tabitha, let's talk about Sparkle Designs. Uh, so my very first con uh, was uh, without you guys. It was before I think I even joined the podcast or not long after. Um, I went to Wizard World in Chicago and I met Nathan Fillion and I had like the best time and I was walking around one day and I stumbled on this booth and they had all kinds of nerdy jewelry and stickers and wall hanging and just this incredible stuff and it wasn't all like focused on one fandom like the fandom was really widespread and a lot of it was about books and I I'm a, I'm a book nerd so I was looking for bookish things and I spent way too much money at that booth that first time and I every year I buy something from Sparkle Designs I've won a couple of their online giveaways just incredible merchandise stuff holds up really well it's 
nerdy jewelry without looking like nerdy jewelry. Like you can wear your nerddom in like a subtle way, you know? So bought a bunch of stuff. I've reached out a couple of times for an interview and we've unfortunately not been able to make that happen just because of scheduling and time. And this year we snuck one in and it was great to to talk with her and to learn about how it came to be. Just absolutely incredible. Check out the interview, check out their social media and make yourself some nerdy purchases. You won't regret it. It is Friday, day one of C2E2, and I am here with Meg from Sparkle Designs. I know it's early, but how's your con going so far? Uh, so far, so good. Like, I'm all set up, and I didn't forget anything really important, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were just talking about my shoes are tied, my clothes are on, I think I'm good. Perfect. We'll Wonderful. See. So I have been a huge fan of yours since I think 2016 wow. was the first time I ran into your shop at either Wizard World or C2E2. I can't remember. Wow. Well, I, w- I was at both, so it could have been either one. <laughs> could have been both, and I just <laughs> put them together in my mind. Yeah, well, thank you. So tell our viewers a little bit about Sparkle Designs and how it came to be. Um, okay. Well, the shortest of the of the long story is uh, I was I spent 18 years in the insurance industry and got tired of being bought and sold by corporate America. Decided to do something different and started a little retail store five minutes before the Great Recession. So I'm sitting in my little retail store that I love making jewelry, going, "Where am I going to find people to sell it to?" And I started doing comic conventions, starting with Dragon Con. Dragon Con was my first comic convention, and a couple of years later, I started expanding, and here we are. Um, the jewelry side started because I just make things. I've always made things, and jewelry was the thing I was making at the time I decided to start a store. And when I went to Dragon Con the year before I started doing these shows, I looked around and I said, there's all these women, and there's nobody selling anything that women want, and I can make things that women like. And my whole idea is that nerd jewelry isn't just for children. We don't have to have a picture of a star around our neck. We can have you know, a quote that we love or something else. And it can be a little more subtle and we can wear it every day to work and our friends kind of get the message and nobody else has to. And that's kind of where it started. That was the germ of how it created. And then over the years I've expanded, I've changed. I, you know, what I make changes. I add, added stickers. I've added tote bags. I've added other things. Um, but the, the whole idea is still, it's nerdy jewelry for everyday wear, ner- nerdy items for every day. Wonderful. That is one of my favorite things about it and why I have been such a big fan. I don't think a convention has gone by where you have been that I have not bought at least multiple things. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, So you have a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, I'm a big book reader. You have a lot of things for books, movies, different fandoms. So I think my ultimate question for you is what is your fandom? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, you have to know that if I don't know it, I don't make it. So everything you see in my in my booth, I've watched it, I've read it, I'm a fan of it in some way. It might not be my favorite thing, but I don't make stuff I don't know because I know I'm going to do it wrong and you will call me out on it <laughs> and you will be like, that charm doesn't even go with the storyline that this, this quote is talking about. And, you know, so I, I stick with what I know. Um, I'm a big book lover and so the book section is really special to me. I'm really, really partial to Sarah J. Mass and a lot of the YA books, the Grishaverse is, is just amazing amazing. Um, at my heart, I'm a Buffy fan. I am a huge Buffy fan. Um, at Firefly is up there with me too. Yeah. And, and, but you know, there's, it's like asking me to pick my children, like, you know, <laughs> which, which are your favorite children? I don't know. It depends on the day. <laughs> well, you're at the right, uh, C2E2 for being a Buffy fan. Right. I'm I know. So I'm so excited. excited. <laughs> I know. No. So 
we're going to wrap up here pretty quick okay. so you can get on with your con. Awesome. But yes. how can our viewers and our listeners find you? So I have, um, well, first of all, if you're at C2E2, booth 984, I'm right by column X24. If you don't know this secret in McCormick Place, look up at the columns. They're numbered, and that's a great way to find your way around. Uh, but booth 984, I'm also online, um, shop sparkle designs, all one word, dot com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at sparkle designs gram and you can find me on facebook under sparkle designs so wonderful thank you so much for taking some time out to oh, meet with thank us, Meg. you so much i appreciate you yeah. more than you know appreciate have a wonderful you. con thank you you're welcome you too have fun so Tabitha. yes <laughs> <laughs> we why i say we it was your idea to have a special themed cosplay a lot of our themed cosplays i feel like are usually your idea which is fine it's perfect um you're welcome keep doing it <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah this year was especially great until you ruined it <laughs> okay so you know how drunk bitch buys things on amazon drunk tabitha is not good at keeping secrets um, especially when those secrets are for Matt, who I t- act, tell everything to. So, like, not telling him something was really throwing me off. It's also very hard to shop for a secret cosplay when the person that you share a bank account with is like right there. Like, what are you buying on Amazon? What's all this stuff? What are you doing? Why are you being suspicious? Like, uh, complicated. You could have just said for my cosplay. I'm not very. I'm not. I'm not good at that. Um. <laughs> I, it was hard enough buying a wedding dress that I couldn't let him see because I was like, well, <laughs> hell, I don't know if I look good in this or not. The person who tells me if I should change my clothes can't see this. It's awful. It was a lot of pressure. I'm getting hives just thinking about it. Anyway, um, it was April Fool's Day on Saturday. Um, we also, uh, intern Ella, her husband joined us and his name is Matt. We call him other Matt. So we had two Matts and I think I was also intoxicated when I had the idea, which sounds right. And I was like, what if we all dress like Matts and then don't tell the Matts and we all show up with, hi, my name is Matt stickers. And like, it's just really funny. And like (laughs) drunk Tabitha thought it was hilarious. And somehow she also convinced you guys that it would be fun. Uh, so we had matter day where we all dressed up like different mats um lydia and kevin's is probably some of my favorite because they took it and were like super literal with it (laughs) was great what were they so i was matt gray matt with uh an e at the end so i was dressed in gray from head to toe my hat my dress my leggings my shoes my socks my makeup literally everything (laughs) that wasn't actually painting my body was gray and then my loving husband was a doors mat. Say <laughs> <laughs> so with his little doors t-shirt and we put a bunch of like welcome mat slogans all over him. It was it was fun. <laughs> Uh, my cosplay unfortunately kind of fell apart at the last moment I was supposed to be Matthew Broderick's character from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and uh, Jeff Bezos let me down and my cosplay did not come through in time so because of because of not Seth sharing unhinged seventh heaven recaps with me on Instagram (laughs) at 10 o'clock at night (laughs) I decided to be uh the 90s heartthrob that was Matt Camden. <laughs> and I had the best time wearing a lot of denim and having really thick eyebrows <laughs> and 90s band boy hair. Um, 
my original plan was uh, to be Matthew Fox as Jack Shepard from Lost. But then I got to be got got to be thinking. <laughs> um, my my thrillville thrillville is coming out. <laughs> um, but then I got to think. I was like, man, I want to be like. I want to be somebody who is like the the character's name is Matt, and so like plot twist, there's not a lot of them, um, but I did settle on Matthew Patel from Scott Pilgrim, um, and that's also where we learned that I should not put on eyeshadow. <laughs> You're not allowed to touch eyeliner ever again. Yeah, that was traumatizing for me. <laughs> maybe, maybe that. Uh, picture that not seth made will be the instagram poster this episode it should be it haunts my dreams See, the bad part about this is he asked me for help which i am makeup challenged anyway i did her makeup yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay i can get like your top like liner and then i'm like i'm gonna stab you in the eye if i try to do your lower so i'm like wait for tabitha just have her help you no he did not he tried to do it himself and then I had to fix it, and it took twice the amount of time. This is why I'm a control freak. <laughs> I, mean, I thought that, like, all those years of putting on stage makeup, like, you know, helped for something, and it did not. <laughs> it looked like you circled your eyes with six black Sharpies. <laughs> and then I couldn't get it off, and no soap in that hotel was doing anything, and I didn't bring any makeup remover because I didn't think I was going to need it. My bad. <laughs> Lesson learned for next year. Bring makeup remover. All of it. And just, just let like, Tabitha handle it. That's or the lesson for life. Just let Tabitha handle it. Or just don't let me wear makeup. I think you look great, ass emo Mitch. Um, you were just a little too emo in the beginning. <laughs> so, um, Matt, since you didn't have an opportunity to cosplay because you were already Matt... <laughs> um, <laughs> Why don't you interview in, introduce our last interview for the night? Uh, it was a game demo that we did for mm. It's Kind of a Fun Story. Um, so we were actually just sitting around a table uh, trying to decide what we were all going to eat for lunch. And Facebook targeted ads uh, hit at least three of us with this targeted ad for um, It's Kind of a Fun Story, a card game. Um, and we're like, okay, well, they're here. They have a booth. Let's go see what this is about. Um, we walked up. A, we're college friends that decided to do a um, party slash icebreaker type game um, that is... I, I'm not going to say it's Cards Against Humanity, but it's kind of got a little bit of that vibe. Um, but it's also got a little bit of a truth or dare kind of feel to it. Uh, so uh, listen to this as Mitch and I kind of play a trial round. Well, I'm Matt. And this is Mitch. We're here with Josh from It's Kind of a Fun Story. Um, so new card game? Yeah, brand new card game. Okay. Um, Kind of a fun story. We were funded on Kickstarter in 2020. Okay. Got the first round of games in October 2021. This is our first like year and a half. Um, myself and my two friends, we created this game. It's our first game on the market ever. Uh, we're just excited to have it out into the world. So what spurred the idea to uh, create this? Yeah, uh, so my buddy Rob, we actually had for a Halloween party way back in like 2018, this Jeopardy style board of just like probing questions where... 
a bunch of friends would pull them over and be like, let us know. And, <laughs> you know, everyone felt really bonded afterwards. And we're like, this actually has some legs. Like, how do we turn this into something that we can keep playing and keep doing? So it's just years of writing questions and figuring out what worked and what did it. And then actual game mechanics and making that come in and really just like, I don't know, gamifying conversation um, okay. and how you have something that's like light and fun and easy, but builds community. And you're doing it without having a rough, like, we're going to sit down and learn about each other kind of moment. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's, it's really nice, really great about building community, friendships, coming out stronger than you were with the people you started off with. So Awesome. Well, okay, so give us a quick rundown on how the cards work, how the game plays. And yeah. then I think we're going to try and play a point or two. Yeah, let's All do right. it. Yeah. So the actual game itself is really simple. There's four different types of cards. Um, most of them are going to be a story card where you get a prompt. You tell a story from your life based on what you get in there. Um, and those cards are worth two points. At the beginning of the game, whoop, uh, everyone gets two of these hear me out cards. So let's say, you know, we tell I tell a story. You go, oh, Josh, that's great. But I think I got a better one. Hear me out. Play my card. Tell your story based on the prompt, and then the group has to vote on which one of us had the better one. That person gets the card and the points. Um, and intermixed are these more kind of quick hit cards. There's point of finger. It's kind of like a group superlative. You go one, two, three. Everyone points at the thing that fits it. That person gets the card and the points. Um, left or right, that if I drew it, I would decide who best fits the card on my left or right. Okay. That player gets the card and points. And then everybody answers are kind of like fun, creative. You vote on who is the best response to it. And that. So first to seven points wins. Real light and easy to play. Super easy to pick up. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you ready to do this? Yeah. All right. All right. We got a we got a deck of randoms in here. So try your luck, and we can. I don't know who wants to go first. All right. So this is a story card. What was the best prank you've ever been a part of? Oh. You know, I'm not either. I mean, all I got is uh, senior year when we went out and TP'd uh, houses, which was just something you did senior year right before homecoming. <laughs> that's um, not even a prank that's required, right? right? But um, one of my buddies worked at a bookstore, and he took some of the books that had been, like, the covers had been ripped off, um, and we had those in boxes. So when we went around to certain people's houses, we would dump partial boxes of like scrapped books on these people's <laughs> lawns and then TP, get back in the cars and go. Nice. Nice. That's good. <laughs> so a nice thing uh, and a choose your own adventure of this. So, you know, you drew this story card, didn't necessarily vibe with it. We still got a nice story out of it, but <laughs> since it was your turn, you can skip that story card and draw the next one from the deck. If you don't vibe with whatever's going on there. Okay. Um, and then if someone else, you know, is like, Oh, I know I have a really good one. They can take that card for their next turn and then play it. Oh. So that way, you know, a real nice choose your own adventure kind of situation okay. going on with that. But all right. yeah. do one more. All right. Tell us about a time you heard someone gossiping about you. Ooh. See, I don't even know if I have one for this. I'm usually so oblivious. We are like the most boring people to uh, to do this game. <laughs> we should have. We should have. Uh, Chose better. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Let's let's get one of these like quick hits in here outside of a story card. All right. Um, so here's a fun creative. If you were an office supply, what would you be and why? All oh. three of us are going to answer. I'll go first. I would be those like multicolored post-its that kind of like come out in an accordion so you can get like all the different ones in there. Because I like a list. I like organization, but I like to keep it fun. So 
right. Um, I would probably be a file folder. Um, because as much as I like things semi-organized, I like them in the right pile. And that's what, that's what, that's what the a pile is. The important part. Yeah, yeah. Well, the file folder is like a sideways pile in a drawer. So that's <laughs> I think I would be an ink pen, but not just, you know, like just like a regular Bic because, you know, I, I'm obsessed with ink pens. But like it would be like one of those where like you write with it and it's so smooth and you're like, ooh, like and you want to buy all of them. Oh, nice. All right. All right. Yeah. Like so in the game, it. we would all vote on who gets it. That person gets the points, and then we would go on to the next one. This is fun. I like this. <laughs> this is great. Well, thank you for taking time to talk to us. Yeah. Uh, oh, real quick, tell everybody, tell all our listeners, our, our friends, everybody who's watching, um, where they can find you and get the game. Of course, you can easily find us on Amazon if you like that, or if you'd like to go direct, as we all do. Uh, it's kind of a fun Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you guys. Y'all, we sucked at that trial round. It was not great. It, it was, was not. embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> you really shouldn't really should have picked us to do that. Well, the bad part is, like, me and Tabitha looked at each other like, we are not doing this. We are too awkward for this. And then you guys started, and we're sitting there going, we have such good answers for this. Why did we let them do this? <laughs> yeah, we made a mistake. And Lydia and I immediately recognized that about ourselves. <laughs> like, about 20 seconds into you playing, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we're like, mm. <laughs> An error has been made. <laughs> so... Knowledge for next time. If something like that happens again, you two just push us aside and take over. Deal. I mean, it's pretty much what we do usually. So, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so that's our C2E2 special. Um, way longer than I planned on it being. Um, off air, I was like, oh yeah, our part is probably going to be like 15 minutes. Um, before editing and before putting in anything... Um, we're already at like 45 minutes. So there's that. <laughs> it's fun. We had fun. We did. Um, and we had fun at C2E2. Can't wait to do it again. It'll be at the end of April 2024. Um, we'll probably be there. And you should be there too. So um, I want to go to bed, guys. So say goodnight. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. That's weird. That's what yeah. I meant. I didn't mean goodnight. I meant goodbye. <laughs> I'm probably going to leave this in. But say goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>